Hello and welcome back to another Odds Against podcast, where today we will be looking ahead to this weekend's action, including Europe's premier handicap, the Ebor. We'll also take a York's Saturday card and also the group action from Sandown on Sunday. Tom and James, joining me as always, how are you both? Good, thank you. Just uh, looking forward to getting this out of the way so I can play football, hopefully provide a few winners on the way. It's been a lucky, lucky race for me in the past, so... James, yourself? Yeah, looking forward to it. There's uh, been hitting the crossbar a little bit myself this week, but um, the tips from you guys have been good, so keep them coming. Of course, yeah. Everyone laughed at you when you put Spy Catcher up on Monday night, but he ran an absolute screamer. Um, listeners to Monday's night's pod will be in Clover already with the wins of uh, Gear Up and Power Driver on Wednesday. And it, I say it could have been even better today with Sabuska running a huge race to finish a narrow second. Um, but we're going to start off with the main itself, the main itself, the main event itself, even uh, the Ebor. Um, Tom, you've, you've uh, managed to pick the winner a few times recently. Um, where are you looking here? Well, I, I did no, all my no work. Pressure, by the way. No, no uh, I, I did all my work last night and I managed to narrow it down to two. Uh, one was declared, the other one wasn't. And then the uh, declared one went and uh, was a non-runner this morning. So I've had to uh, completely rejig my notes. So uh, it's a very tentative selection, but I think I'll give uh, True Self another chance um, towards the head of the market for Willie Mullins. Um, she's two pounds lower than last year when uh, two furlongs out. I-, I thought she looked like she was going to absolutely dot out, uh, dot up. Sorry. Uh, she's had a couple of low key runs this year. I said they're low key, low key in the sense that in the pretty poly, that's obviously uh, nowhere near a trip. And uh, it was clearly just a bit of a fitness run. So was the last run. Uh, she's, down, she's down two pounds from that run last year. And uh, Willie Mullins has applied a first-time tongue tie, which, given that she doesn't always see out of races that well, um, I, I think that could be quite a positive move. So, um, yeah, she she is towards the head of the market, but I'd be prepared to give her another chance. Sorry, I was on mute then. Classic, uh, classic host error. Um, I was going to say, is there anything? Um, is there any other selections that are taking you fancy? Well, it's just a competitive race, or is it she going to be sort of the only one that you're looking at really? Uh, at, at this moment in time, she she'd probably be my only one because uh, she, she is she is still a fair price, isn't she? She's what price is she? I'm just struggling. It's only about to get ten to one, head. I think. Yeah. It's it's not ideal, but the, there wasn't anything that I was really keen on compared to usual years. So um, yeah, I, I'd probably yeah, I, I'd probably just side with her. Okay, James, what's taking your fancy in the Evo then? Well, I, I kind of can see Tom's thinking that in true self because I think the race is quite a lot weaker this year than last year. Um, there's a couple towards the head of the market that I, that I quite like. Um, but their prices have put me off. Pablo Escobar is interesting. Um, he's only four in, and improving. He's drawn in 20. I'm not so keen to back him then at the prices. Fajero Prince is also unexposed at the trip, but short enough price also up £9. So at the prices, I've sided with a horse called Ghostwatch uh, for Charlie Appleby and William Buick. I really liked him as a three-year-old when he won uh, what at the time 
looked quite a good Melrose. Um, he then missed his four-year-old campaign. He's been brought along quite nicely this season. He put up a big effort on his penultimate start at headquarters behind Cape Coast. Um, they were actually clear, quite quite way clear of the third that day. Um, he's very versatile ground-wise. Ground I think 20-1 to 1 is a big price. So for me, Ghost Watch. See, so, yeah, I've got three that I was going to give a quick mention to each of them. And Ghost Watch was my sort of middle price to one of the three. So I'm glad that you've already uh, <laughs> gone for that. Um, he was obviously very impressive when he won the uh, the Melrose two years ago over course and distance. And course and distance form is never a bad thing at York. Um, so the, uh, as obviously mentioned here, there's one the one at the head of the market that I do quite like, and I've I've liked him for the race all season. And it's going to be a, a big ask because he's, he's one of the top weights, but it's True Shan. Um, he is one of the more obvious ones, but. He's clearly been campaigned with this race in mind. He's done nothing wrong this season in his two starts. He was unsuited by the, the way that the race panned out on 12 furlongs at Newmarket on his first start. And I thought he was always in control last time. He still seems on quite a sharp upward curve to me. And I think this test will suit. And he's currently available around 7-1, to 10-1. to So from a, one of the ones at the head of the market, he'd be the one that I'd side with. And I'm going to give a shout out to a horse that he's not currently as big a price as I thought he would be. But I think he might be... A, sort of a, a bit bigger price tomorrow. I'm ho- oh, sorry, on the day. I'm hoping anyway. And I know Tom's going to absolutely hate me for mentioning this because uh, I think Glen Cardam Glory might run, run a really good race. Um, he is one of the outsiders, but he had a lot of ability in his three-year-old season when he was with John Gosney. He put a peak RPR that, back then of 110. Um, he had a bit of time off and then he moved to Tim East to be, I think, at the start of last season, but we didn't see him at all last year. Um, so he's clearly had some issues. He's had four runs this season. His first run was a, was a good effort. He then absolutely bombed out at Newcastle on his second start. But he, he, I think he got quite badly interfered at one point and he stumbled and he was kind of eased off. So you can put a line through that. But then the last twice, he's been running in, in some sort of decent little 12 failing handicaps. One of them was the old Newton Cup, which is always a good race. He was very eye-catching that day, the way he stayed on late in the day um, from sort of an unpromising position. Then last time at Ripon, it was a similar story. He was slowly away, which is is one of the negatives about him. He can be slowly away. Um, but at a track like Ripon, that doesn't suit. And he was doing his best best work late on. I think he's well worth um, another go at uh, this mile and six. And I can see him running well at a big price. So he'd be my sort of my one of the rags that I think could, could at least hit the frame. He really does look like he's had this um, meeting in mind, the way he's been campaigned. Not really... Um given too much of a tough ride shall we say um on any of his runs this season <laughs> yeah i think especially in the old newton cup i think if he'd been if he'd been sort of it did give very much the impression like that that wasn't the day and there was another target in mind i mean he might not be good enough to win this because obviously there are some proper group horses the types of um escobar pablo escobar and uh true shan that you've that we've already touched on um even like true self she has been running in sort of sort of group company as well so he, he might not be good enough but I just think as a big outsider he's worth a chance who knows maybe that's why uh, Raymond Tusk isn't running because Midland Park no they've already got the winner with Tim <laughs> hopefully I mean we're still hoping it could be a good good week for Tim but um, obviously with <laughs> how to come we'll see so we're going to move on to the supporting races and the first of these is the Strensel Stakes um 
Tom, is there anything that's taking your fancy here? Uh, yeah, there is. There's one at a bit of a price to me. I think he's the uh, absolute rag outsider, and that's Beringer. Uh, so last time I looked at the market, uh, Dark Vision was five to one. Yet Beringer was sixteen to one, which to me makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, if you just watched their Pontefract run last time, uh, Dark Vision just kind of cut Beringer up just as he was starting to make his run, uh, and then Beringer was doing all of his best work at the at the line basically and that was only over a mile I think uh, the extra furlong he'd have definitely caught him I do think that Dark Vision was a little bit cosier that day than the uh, winning margin suggests but um, th- there's absolutely no chance that he should be what three times the price for me um, I also think yeah that, that nine furlongs is a bit of a specialist trip as well and uh, he's only ran Beringer's only ran at it once you won't get many horses that have ran at it obviously but uh, that was his run in the Cambridge last year where he's second only to Lord North. Um, he was actually given Lord North £4, but uh, he did have Thorhammer Hansen on board claiming 5 so he was technically getting a pound from Lord North. But um, to, to only be beaten by a subsequent Prince of Wales winner and third in the international stakes, um, getting a pound because of your rider's £5 claim, I, I think that's good nine furlong. Uh, yeah, uh, the best nine furlong form there is. I just can't understand the price discrepancy between him and Dark Vision. And, um, yeah, I think there are question marks about a lot of the horses. Uh, and the obvious question mark about Berenger is, is he up to this level? Possibly not. But, uh, yeah, I, he, he's run well at York before. I, I'd always be willing to give him a chance. And, obviously, you'd expect him to come on for that Pontefract run because that was his first one of the season. So, um, yeah, at 16-1, to 1, I, I'd give Berenger an each-way chance. I, I very much approve of that selection. Uh, James, moving on to you, uh, what's taking your fancy? Favourite, Lord Glitters. Uh, he's he's consistent at a much higher level than these. Been brought along nicely this season. The run behind Mohatha in the summer mile looks good. Followed that up with a solid solid run in the York Stakes. Uh, my only concern is pace. I hope Miss O'Connor goes off at a fair, fair gallop because I think Lord Glitters will come pretty hard and late. With Danny Tudope on board, um, was was he was not was the Dubai Turf nine furlongs? It yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Um, that wasn't so long ago, and he was third third behind Diamond Eye in that, which is probably better than what any of these could do. So I I think he won the race. Was it either a year or two years ago, um, beating Mustashri. A shorter price than this. I think three to one's a fair price, and as long as there's plenty of pace in the race, then it's it's Lord Glitters for me. The main dangers are Bill Prince. He put some good efforts up over nine furlongs last season, and if you watch his comeback run at, at Leopardstown, it was a very sort of easy, easy ride by Colin Keane that day. Uh, he ran ran really wide, made loads of ground up between the the three and the two, and then just tamely. Uh, petered out um must might have been short of fitness that day and he wasn't knocked about um lord glitters though is my selection okay um so i'm going to throw another one into the mix then uh so uh, the wire has also got some, some recent course form which is a, a positive and that's a certain lad um so this is the horse that I've been, I've not really rated before. And I, every time, well, especially this season, he keeps running and just completely proving me 
far off the mark. So you can, you can bet your bottom dollar that now that I'm actually siding with him, he's probably going to run an absolute stinker and I'll be really annoyed. <laughs> but um, he's improved so much this season. Um, and I on, on ratings, he's not far off the best of these now. Um, he ran really well in the John Smith's Cup off a big weight. And he, he literally only just got caught late home that day. He then shaped really well in a group three last time. He travelled strongly. He was a bit keen. And I think the step back to nine furlongs may suit him and say on a track that he's shown he goes well on. Um, I think there's a few of these that were sort of kind of question marks either the current form or um, certainly other question marks in terms of the conditions of the race. Um, so I think I thought he was maybe overpriced at around sort of 10 to 1 to 14 to 1 kind of price from an each way perspective. But I do, that, the two that you've mentioned are the other two that I kind of like. So uh, I'm, I am sort of on the fence here. You can't go treble handed into a race like no, this, no. can you? No, no, I won't. I mean, even the two outsiders, I can't really back in Lord Glitters. I'll, just have to, I'll be happy enough. If Lord Glitters wins, then, you know, I like Lord Glitters. I'll be happy, even though I've lost, done my money. But <laughs> um, yeah, certain lad for me would be my pick. Okay, so we're going to move on to the Melrose. Um, it's another mile and six. It's basically the, the three-year-old version of the Ebor, isn't it? Um, and it's always a very hotly contested race. Um, Tom, is there anything that's really standing out to you in this year's renewal? Tom, I think your volume's gone. Uh, while Tom's starting his volume, James, we'll, we'll maybe start with you. Um, is there anything taking your fancy in in, the, in this race? The the high post of the season is taking my fancy. Kips. Um, it just looks like a bit of a slow old boat, which uh, is probably what you need here, actually. Um, he got within half a length of Hookham at Ascot, which looks pretty good now. Um, Ten furlongs last time didn't really suit. We'll appreciate the trip. I think it's a solid, solid each way bet, and you can get 15 to 2, 7 to 1 sort of price. Um, so that's my selection, Kips. Very interesting. He's the sort of horse where, like, he was in my tracker coming into the spring, and he's just been such a short price. He's been, like, such an offensively short price every single time so far. I've not packed him. Yeah, he's, uh, I, he'll get, I think he'll he'll get backed close from yeah. the day. Well, there's, there's a bit of a differences with his price as well you've got between fives and seven and a half so i'll take the seven and a half now yep fair it is tom is your is your volume sorted out uh no not really so <laughs> uh, right let me shout uh which is ironic because uh the, there is one that i am absolutely shouting from the rooftops about oh, that is better. Uh, i think uh, I, th- I think that uh, Favourite Moon is the winner of this. And I think that he'll go on to win the Ebor next year as well. Uh, I think he's absolutely made for this one mile six trip. He was crying out for it all last year. He had some fantastic uh, novice form and he looked like a really well handicapped horse. Um, he was a little bit unlucky not to win on his uh, seasonal appearance at Doncaster when uh, I think Kieran O'Neill, and I-, I won't say this statement very often, Kieran O'Neill really did Danny Tudd up with a fantastic bit of race riding. But uh, he, he more than made up for it at Goodwood next time. Um, he, he won really well from uh, under a very cosy ride from Subjectivist, who obviously boosted the form in the Gordon Stakes the next time. He's only up £7 for that win. He's got Kieran Fallon on, 
claiming three. I, I think he's, for all that he's four to one, I think he's a proper good thing for this. And uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be this year's version of Hamish, who uh, unfortunately does miss the Ebo. But uh, yeah, hopefully Favourite Moon can win this, get his entry to the Ebo next year and then uh, win the Ebo. You haven't dug him out for his shocking name, but I see the moon out of favourite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, to be honest, I, I'm not bothered about the name if they're going to win me money. I'll, I'll let that one slide. There you go. Uh, that's, I mean, the, the argument for me, as I say, is, is very sharp. I definitely see where you're coming from. I th- he, de- he definitely looks the one, one to beat um, for me. Oh, I think he's going to go off shorter. I think yeah. he'll go off about two to one. Oh. Well, as is my nature. Do you not think he needs soft ground though? No. No. I, th- I think I don't think he wants ground too lively, but I don't think it's going to be that lively come Saturday. So I, th- I think it'll be fine for him. A nice long galloping home straight like York should be perfect. Fair it is. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see the appeal of him. Um, there's just the two that I'd maybe given each way sort of shout to. Um, first of which is is body line for Smart Prescott. Um, he shaped really nicely on his comeback run at the start of the season. And then he went to Royal Ascot and he didn't really get an ideal trip through at all um, next time. That looks quite strong form. Obviously, the winner, Hakum, has won at group company since. He's only £2 higher for that run. He did then come out a week later and he just ran absolutely no race. He, he ran really flat. So I'd be quite happy to put a line through that. Um, he's been gelded since then and he, he looks like to me he's been crying up for a step, step up and trip to a mile six. So I think I think he's got a very good each way chance. He's Go maybe on, just, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> he maybe doesn't have the quite the, uh, the 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 high potential that some of the others do, but I think from an each way perspective he's got a very solid chance. Um, and then the other one that the one that I actually re- do really fancy is a horse called Coltrane. Um, he was unraced last season at two. Um, but he's taken steps forward with each of his runs this season. His last start was over today's trip over mile six, so he's already shown that he definitely stays the trip. Um, he stayed it very strongly that day. It was a weaker race, but he travelled very well. He hit the line very strongly without having to be seriously asked. He's only up six pounds, which seems fair, and he just looks like the type to improve again. The owners do like this type of slow-burning stayer as well, um, and he just has a profile. I think he'll definitely be there or thereabouts. And he's about... 10 to to one stop price okay so we've got a, a couple of uh, decent selections there a couple of different prices sort of different price types um for you and um, we're going to move on now to the city of york um so is, is this was this group two last season was it the first season it's been moved up to group two or is it this season because i'm pretty sure it used to be group three i think, I think last season. yeah i think i think last year was the first year when uh shine so bright beat friend of itv's john dance uh, Lawrence. In, <laughs> to be fair, what was a bit of a thriller, wasn't it? It yeah. was a good renewal. I mean, it's a shame that none of them seem to. Have, it seems to have basically finished off a couple of the horses that that ran in it. Yeah. But, um, it was a cracking race. Um, and to, to me, it looks like there's one standout horse this year. I don't know if anyone else agrees, but surely if one master turns up and the ground isn't too quick, she's just going to batter these, isn't she? I, I don't know about Bata because I think it is there is there is a nice little field. I, I think she I agree she's definitely the most likely winner, and I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be looking to take her on uh, with anything at the prices. 
Well, the, the one horse that does strike me as a potentially really good seven furlong horse is uh, San Donato. Um, that that uh, mid-race move that he made at Goodwood in the Sussex Stakes, that, that was quite eye-catching. And obviously, it, it paid to be held on. Uh, well, paid to be held up, didn't it? Because you had Mojave, Siskin both come from a fair way back. Uh, whereas San Donato made that move about three furlongs, two furlongs out. And he just went too soon. I don't necessarily think it was a stamina thing because he has stayed a mile perfectly fine at uh, Ascot on the round course and the uh, French 2000 Guineas a couple of years ago behind Persian King. But they, they'd both be fairly easy mile tracks, um, not not so much Goodwood. I, I just think that, yeah, he, he's quite speedy, isn't he? I know he was staying on at, um, at Ascot behind Mahatha. Uh, in the summer mile stakes, but uh, yeah, that that mid race move at Goodwood, cu- coupled with the fact that he was a uh, six furlong horse as a two year old, he won that listed race at Doncaster. I think seven furlongs on a nice flat track might actually be ideal for him. Uh, whether he can beat one master or not remains to be seen, but I, I'd I'd be tempted to play the the f- reverse forecast. So okay, very interesting that James. Uh, what's your thoughts? One master, she a certainty, or do you think it's something against no, her? No, I, I don't think she is. I don't think she is. Not for the first time at York. I've got my David O'Mara flag out, and I'm <laughs> waving it about. I'm waving it about. I really like Escobar here. I thought um, he put up a huge performance behind Space Blues at Goodwood last time, and he didn't get the clearest of runs through. That was his first run after a wind-up. Um, Jamie Spencer is interestingly back on board. Now, um, I remember his ride on Escobar at York behind. Was it? I think it was Rise Hall, and that was just that was just. It wasn't behind well him. Well, it was in front of him. well yeah, yeah. He, he stalked him till about half a furlong out, and then just did what Jamie Spencer does best uh, when he wins. Um, <laughs> that's that's well worth a watch. Um, my only concern is if uh, Sylvester de Souza goes breakneck pace on Shine So Bright, which he'll probably do like he did when he won, and it might just get a bit too far back and not be able to catch him. Um, but I'm willing to risk it and go for Escobar at 10-1. to 1. There you go. No, I thought you'd all be in agreement with me that one master is just going to absolutely dot up. No, we like to take on these shorties at York, Matthew. We do. Okay, take fair it is. I'll uh, get back in my box. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moving on to the final race, we're going to preview York then. The Julia Graves, it's a listed race for five furlongs for two-year-olds. A couple of interesting contenders here, I think, anyway, um, at the prices. Uh, James, we'll start with you this time. Is there anything catching your eye? Uh, I've backed Winter Power for this, just off that performance at Redcar. Absolutely blitzed them. And obviously... Goodwood three days later came a bit too quickly, so I'm willing to give to give her another chance. Um, based on that, I thought Blackberry's quite interesting as well for for Brian Smart. They're quite big prices. Um, and non-runner Blackberry surely she she's been entered so many times and been a non-runner about 45 times already this season. Isn't she? For two Brian Brian Smart's already on the verge of losing his right to self-cert for her. <laughs> that's what if she goes then if she goes but no 
main main selection from a, an each way point of view is winter power. Okay, nice big price there as well. Tom, what's taking your interest in the uh, in this race? Yeah, so I, I backed two of these last night uh, on, on the anti-post market because it looked like it was going to cut up a bit. And it still might because uh, Lord had been declared in here, but he's also in the gym crack tomorrow. I wouldn't be scared of him if he turned up anyway because I think he's probably better, better suited to six or even seven furlongs. I don't think a fast five furlongs will suit him. But uh, one of them is Winter Power. I agree with James. Uh, I, I backed her last night at 25 to 1. For pretty much the same reasons, that red performance was incredible. It was uh, fantastic on the clock, as all those uh, sweaty nerds will tell you. Am I right, James? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, Goodwood obviously just came far too quick for her. Um, she she got really hassled for the lead that day as well. They went they went to breakneck speed, and um, yeah, she she was up in the firing line for a fair fair way. Uh, was it the Carl Burkos? Was it Rebel at Dawn or She's So Nice? I can't remember. It was Rebel at Dawn, wasn't it? I think but, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, she she eventually got the better of Rebel for Dawn, uh, Rebel at Dawn, but uh, by, by then she'd already set it up perfectly for my other selection, which is Acclam Express for Nigel Tinkler. Uh, so I backed uh, Acclam Express last night at 10s each way. He's into 7s now, which I don't think is much of an each way price. But he's another one who clocked some really good figures at Goodwood. Um, if you compare the time of if you compare the time of the nursery that day that he won to uh, the Malcolm the day before, in which the favourite Ben McDwee uh, ran in. Um, if you if you take a little bit for the two pound allowance that uh, Acclam Express had and the fact that the ground dried out for him a little bit better, uh, I think uh, he'll still come up marginally on top against Ben McDwee. Pace-wise, I think uh, Winter Power will bomb off out in front. She'll be difficult to catch, but uh, the, the quicker she goes, the better it is for Acklam Express. So I don't mind uh, I don't mind going double-handed into a race like that with Acklam Express win only and Winter Power each way at a big price. For what it's worth, I've also jumped on the Winter Power bandwagon and backed her each way, along with another horse that is another one that's going to go forward. So hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly nervous now thinking about it, that they're both going to go so strongly out in front together that they're both just going to end up falling in a hole. But the other one I quite like is Macho Pride for Ben Haston. I'm hoping as well that, I mean, so he's, he's showed a lot of speed so far in his, in his, in his previous starts. He won on his debut um, and then he ran in the Norfolk where he chased the, he was right on the pace for a long way. He just got a bit tired, but obviously Ascot's quite a stiff finish. Um, and then he went to Sandown, where he went far, far too hard. Again, he just completely fell in the hole. Um, I think York will suit him, and hopefully he can go fast enough, but not too fast this time. And if he does, I think I, I think he's a horse with a fair level of ability. Um, he's got a lot, a lot of speed, obviously. Um, and I think he'll run a decent race at a big price. He's currently, I mean, he's currently available at twenty to one still. Obviously, if Lord does come out, that'll be slightly affected. But there we go. So that's uh, York done and dusted for us for this year. We're just going to move on to look at there's a couple of group races on Sunday um, at Sandown, which are the Atalanta Stakes and the Solario Stakes. Um, we'll start off with the Atalanta Stakes for Phillies and Mares over a mile. Um, Tom, uh, what are your thoughts on this race? 
Uh, my thoughts were that I thought uh, Lavender's Blue was a nice price to go back to back. She couldn't have been any more impressive when she won this race last year. She dug herself into the biggest of pockets and just managed to squeeze through, and her turn of foot was absolutely blistering. Um, she was, how do I put it delicately, she was awful at Ascot in the Duke of Cambridge, but she, she seemed to bounce back to form last time out in the NASA. Uh, she travelled really well into that. Um, she didn't get much of a run. She had to uh, check a run at a, a few key key moments. I, I'm not saying she was unlucky because she wouldn't have won, but she was only beating five lengths that day. I think that quadrilateral is is always going to be one of those horses that I just want to take on. Um, and yeah, I think Lavender's Blue currently at about seven to one, eight to one. I think she's got a good chance of a uh, good chance of retaining her crown. Yeah. So I mean, the race for me is just kind of. There seems to be a couple of horses this year entered that would usually be aiming at races slightly bigger than this race. I'd have thought. The likes of Quadrilateral, Billersden, but Voracious. Do we know? Are all three of them intended runners? Do we know? I think so. I mean, I mean, they're all jocked up. Yeah. So there's there's no reason to assume that they're not. But I, I'm. I mean, Billersden Brook would be. Is she as good? At nine furlongs, she's also capable of just throwing in the odd stinker, isn't she? She's uh, as we saw. Stinker, yeah. I mean, I mean, she got she got beat in a seven furlong listed race at Chelmsford, seven lengths, and then came out and came came a next second in the um in the Newmarket Fal- Group One, the uh, Falmouth, yeah. yeah, the Falmouth that Nazif won. So she she's not one she's not one that I would certainly call consistent quadrilateral for all that she's placed twice in a guineas and a coronation stakes you'd have to say she's been a bit disappointing so far and um who's the other one voracious Voracious, well yeah yeah, i suppose with ryan moore jocks up on quadrilateral that that would raise a question mark of whether voracious will actually be running because uh ryan moore obviously rode voracious in the dick hearn stakes you'd like to think he's going to have first choice for stout ahead of Roger Charlton, isn't he? So, yeah, I suppose I, I doubt whether Voracious is running, so... Fair enough. Yeah, because I was... When I was looking at the race, I thought, if, if them three turn up, I wouldn't be particularly interested in backing anything each way, because, I mean, I, I, I think one of them would probably... would more than likely win. If if, they, if it does cut up a bit, the one, the one the only one at the bigger prices I kind of liked was Ramola. Um, she seems like an improving type. Um She's still quite unexposed. I could see her in a in a lesser Phillies Group Three. I'd quite strongly fancy her, but this does look quite a strong renewal, I think. Um, so it's, it's just going to wait to see who turns up on the day. James, is there anything taking your fancy here? Absolutely not. Looks like pure <laughs> shite. Just want York back. I think I think by Sunday I'll just be looking at times in my bedroom or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> so uh, I'm guessing you don't have much of an opinion on the Solario Stakes either then by that reaction no not really it's like when you get to the end of Cheltenham isn't it you you fancy about a week off after that oh, I know you've got that good Kempton card on the Saturday oh, fuck that nah <laughs> good I wouldn't say it's good oh, I disagree wholeheartedly with you there the only so- thing that I thought would go well at um in the scenario was King Vega was my only sort of 
but it was a good, it was a good run behind a, a, a good horse in your beer at Sandown. I thought it was quite a big price. But then again, Etonian looks good as well. So, nah, nothing for me. Tom, please tell me you've got a slightly stronger opinion or, or positivity for the Solario Stakes than uh, James. <laughs> I, I do, and it's actually the same selection. Uh, I, I backed King Vega. Um, the race, it's another one that's going to cut up massively, but the, it's very much the bookies have factored that in, because obviously you've still got Cloudbridge, Royal Scimitar, Fevrover in there. Um, but none of them are running, but th- that's already been kind of accounted for in the betting. Um, Maximo was entered in the convivial at York on Friday, but he's a non-runner. I'm still not really convinced he'll run uh, here, because it's not really Sir Michael Stout's MO to send a horse that was second on debut straight into a Group 3 second start. But um, yeah, I-, I was really impressed by King Vega last time at Sandown. Yeah, yes, he did get beat, but I think he very much shaped like the best horse in the race. He was given a fair bit to do by uh, whoever was on board. I think it was Rob Hornby that uh, um But he, he wasn't really given a hard time either. I think it was very, very much an educational run, but uh, I, I certainly came out with the impression that he'd be the best horse in the race long term. And I thought he'd be up to group class. Uh, the, the winner had experience and had run in a really good race the time before, coming sixth in a hot new market. Uh, Maiden, I think that was the race that Youth Spirit won, and uh, Youth Spirit boosted the form at Goodwood, coming third. So um, yeah, he travelled really well, but what was particularly taken was uh, just just how well he was supported. I think uh, he opened up at about seven to one, and was quickly backed into nine to four. So that that tells you that somebody somewhere knew that he was going to be uh, there. Yeah, he's obviously been doing something right at home, hasn't he? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was he was seven to one when I've backed. He's six to one now. Um, the, the market seems to have finally accounted for the non-runners, so you may get a you may get a better price on the day. But um, yeah, I, I quite fancy King Vega for that. Fair enough. So I, I looked at this race and I, initially I just assumed that Maximal def well wasn't going to be running here. So it'd be interesting to see if he does. If he does turn up, he's obviously a horse that's. He's got the beautiful. He's obviously got the pedigree, and he, he did shape on debut like he was going to be a very nice horse uh, f- to follow. Um, the one that I did settle on the end, I mean, he's he's probably going to end up being quite a short price favourite if the race does cut up. Is Etonian? Um, I thought he just looked the real deal on debut over course and distance. What what was strange is he was a very big price, so he obviously doesn't show that much at home, but he definitely showed a fair bit on the track. Yeah, I mean, he tra- travelled very strongly, and he, he won with any amount in hand. I'd say he's probably the most impre- one of the most impressive debut winners I've seen this season. So on the basis of that, I'd have to side with him here. Um, the owners are also used to having some very nice horses, Richard Hannon, in the past. Um, so he looks like he could be the next one in, in line for them. Um, I thought Dino was very eye-catching on his debut behind De Barbie, um, but I, I just thought he's the one. He's the type of horse where he was so eye-catching that people probably really latch onto him. And I think probably too much. I, think I could see him being a, probably a shorter price than he probably deserves to be. And again, as he's only had the one run and he's still a maiden, I, I don't know whether he's definitely going to be turning up here. Um, so, yeah, on that basis, Etonian was the one that I was going to side with. So, a nice short price to finish on. <laughs> so, um, does anyone have any selections for any of the other races over the weekend that they, they, they want to highlight? Uh, uh, not as yet. Not as yet. For you, Tom, uh, what about yourself? Uh, there's one at Sandown on Saturday that I quite like, but there's only William Hill priced up. Um, they are 10 to 1, so if that price uh, remains generally, 
uh, I'll probably end up backing it. And that's in the 240 at Sundown. I quite like Dean Street Doll for David Manuzia. Um, she she was really good in Ireland a couple of years ago. Um, they thought she was potentially an Irish Guinness filly at the time. It didn't really work out that way. But um, she, she lost away a little bit with Richard O'Brien. And, uh, yeah, they, they stepped her up to 10 furlongs last time at Goodwood. Uh, well, they stepped her up before that. Um, she, she ran really well last time and, and travelled again. Quickly, Tommy, you've been arrested. You are? You've been arrested by the sounds of it, Tom. I'm, I'm what? Did you not hear the sirens in the background? That doesn't matter. He's, he's that used to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Sorry, yeah, Dean, Dean Street Doll, uh, she ran a really good race last time over 10 furlongs. I, I've never really thought of her as a 10 furlong filly. I don't think she stays that well. Um, yeah, she, she just travelled really nicely. Looked like um, she, she'd really appreciate the, uh, the drop back to a mile, particularly in a strongly run race. Um, you've got a few front runners in there. You've got Dolphin Vista can go forwards. You've got a Varian of Archie Watson's, Gin Palace of Eve Johnson Hortons. They all like to go forwards. So, yeah, I think uh, she'll get plenty of pace to aim at. This is the easiest assignment for a while. And uh, on the back of a really good run. Obviously, David Manuzia does really well at Sandown as well. So, 10 to 1, I think she's got a good each way chance. 12 to 1, Ladbrokes, uh, Thomas. Oh, fuck Ladbrokes. 11 to 1, <laughs> Victor. Oh, a few <laughs> oh, more pricing up then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's priced up quite a lot of places now. Fair yes. enough. Um, she's one that I 100% agree with you on as well. Cause I, I actually backed, uh, I backed her each way at Royal Ascot and she finished behind Sabusco. She finished ninth that day, but she was on the wrong. She was on the wrong side completely. Yeah. Um, she ran really well. She's obviously down a couple of pounds since then, and I 100% agree with you. I don't think she quite stays ten furlongs. So strongly with mile handicap. Yes, show me the money. <laughs> um, I haven't. I haven't got anything strong for the weekend as of yet. So is do we do we fancy doing a sa- a Saturday Trixie? A Saturday Trixie. Absolutely. Smashing an Evo winner in it, or uh, <laughs> well, James, I'll come to you last since you like to take your time with these things. Okay. Well, I was last time I was put off Scott's spy catch. What was it? You're having a forty to one maiden as you nap in the Acom. Did he win? Did he win? It was it was an each way Trixie. If it you were, it wasn't each way. At first, the Busker placed as well, oh, so. We would have had two. Fl- what was the? Well, I can't, oh no! I put Afro Dark up. We ran absolutely appalling on the stairs. I'd say that's relevant. Um, <laughs> anyway, go, uh, well, if you want to go first, James, you can go first. I don't mind. Well, I feel that Tom's going to go for that runner in the Melrose, so I was going to go Ghost Watch for the Ebor. So Ghost Watch in the Ebor. Tom, what about yourself? What do you fancy? He was absolutely correct. Favorite moon in the Melrose. Favorite moon. Right. So that gives me the. Oh, this is going to be tricky now then. Looking at the races that are left. You took your time the other night as well, and you're stalling again. You're stalling again. I know, but <laughs> it's almost I... like you haven't prepared for this. I know, but the, the the races that are left are the ones that I was least least particularly keen on. That's why I'm sort of struggling a bit. Um, I would say probably. Macho Pride oh. in the Julia Graves. Oh, I'll talk a certain lad. Oh, gosh. 
No, no, go for no macho. I've got to stick with my gut. Go for macho pride in the Julia Graves, and hopefully that he can deliver um, at a wild price. Well, that that could pay off quite tasty then from each way. Well, so what are they about? What price is favourite at the moment? He's about four to one ish, isn't he? Four to one, yeah. Ghostwatch is about twenty to one. Match yeah. prize about twenty to one as well. So yeah, <laughs> that would be very very lovely if this does come off. Simply lovely. Right, well, I think that's about it. So um, thank you very much to everyone that's listened. Um, hopefully we'll have a few more York winners um, uh, provided for you. And if you do enjoy the podcast, please uh, sort of give us a rating on, on iTunes. Um, please subscribe on your podcast channel that you listen to. And any retweets would also be greatly appreciated. So thank you very much. Um, so goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Apologies for the technical difficulties. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Oh, God. The positive is we've managed to get through the entire podcast with no ranting about <laughs> Castle United or the Premier League, which I'm going to take <laughs> as an absolutely massive positive. And I'm also going to end the recording before he gets a chance to uh, pipe up. Good. So, that is what I was goodbye. hoping you were going to do.